What's up, guys? Rick here with a brand new 300 Yards to Unknown episode. In this one, uh, I'm going to break down and react to the brand new PGA Tour schedule just released this week. A lot of cool stuff going on, a lot of interesting things going on. And then in the second half, I'm going to talk to Joe Griner. He is the caddy to Max Homa. A lot of fun little uh, conversations. He talks about this week and some preparation and what is expected of him out there on the golf course. So it was a great time. Thanks to him for joining me. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, if you enjoy this, hit the like button for me. Let me know in the comments and I'll continue to try to put out as many new episodes of 300 yards to unknown as possible. But let's get into it. Brand new schedule. It's finally out. The 2021-2022 schedule. We can now uh, start planning out the next year and a half of my life. That's always very good. Very exciting day. Uh, and there's a couple of interesting notes about this schedule. First of all, it is 48 events, 45 of them in the regular season, and then three for the playoffs. And I mean, we called last season the super season because it had 50 events. Uh, now we have 48. So basically every season moving forward seemingly is going to be a super season, which is really, really good. The only big break that there is is basically from Thanksgiving to past the new year, from the RSM Classic November 21st to the Century Tournament of Champions on January 3rd. So uh, that's really the only extended break on the schedule. Otherwise, there is an event or two every single week. Now, the big takeaway about this schedule and the big news is the strategic alliance continues with the European Tour. So remember, they signed that agreement uh, a couple of months ago, and now we're starting to see the the outcomes of that in the actual schedule. So for this upcoming year, there are going to be three co-sanctioned PGA Tour, European Tour events. And what does that mean? Well, it means that the Barbasol, the Barracuda, and now the Scottish Open, an event that usually uh, it would normally be just a European Tour event played before the Open Championship, are all co-sanctioned, meaning that you're going to get FedEx Cup points and you're going to get those Race to Dubai, I don't know if they call them Rolex points, whatever the points are for the European Tour. That's that's the big news. Uh, additionally, 50 European Tour members are going to be eligible to play the Barbasol and the Barracuda, which they would normally not be able to. So you're going to see more of those guys playing over here in the States, and you might get a little more of an incentive for the players who normally would kind of be on the fringe of of getting into the Open Championship or might not be able to, to go over and play the Scottish Open in an attempt to kind of get ready, earn P P uh, FedEx Cup points there. Because sometimes there's guys who don't go over to the Open Championship early uh, because they want, they want another week of getting FedEx Cup points and getting money over here, not necessarily going to happen uh, this time around. So it, it really does kind of change the dynamic a little bit here. And we're going to see... Um, you know, different players across different tours. And to me, this is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, I think that with the PGL uh, threat or the threat of some outside tour for the PGA Tour, they're, they're starting to build barriers, right? They're, they're raising prize pools. They are... Um, you know, getting stronger alliances with the European tour, essentially going to create their own global tour. So I think as the, as the years go along, we're going to see more and more of this. I actually think what we will end up getting to, because now we have a two-week swing essentially in Europe, right? You're going to have the Scottish Open and then you're going to have the Open Championship uh, in back-to-back -back weeks. And you wonder if 
they're going to start throwing in the Irish Open there, which is usually the week before the Scottish Open. The Irish Open has added, uh, has basically doubled their prize pool starting next year on the European Tour to $6 million. So I, I think we are building towards there being maybe three weeks or a month of golf across the pond. We'll have a European, we'll have a European swing or, or, or whatever you want to call it. Um, that will also kind of rival some of these, uh, not rival, but it will also go with some of these other swings that we see. A true Florida swing back in the schedule. So we go from California uh, to Florida for the Honda Classic, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, the Players' Championship, and the Valspar. A true four-event Florida swing in there. And uh, what you'll also note is, and this is the thing, you know, we had we kind of knew what some of these changes were going to be. You know, we knew that, um, that we were going to get back to the Florida swing and there might be some some collaboration between the European tour. But what I did not see coming was the removal of two different WGC events. So the WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational, the event that is happening this week, it's not going to happen next year. Um, It is no longer a WGC. That FedEx event is going to be the first event of the FedEx Cup playoffs, which makes complete sense. The FedEx Cup playoffs... FedEx is a huge sponsor, the biggest sponsor on the PGA Tour. Um, they're getting a playoff event. Makes complete sense. TPC Southwind is going to be the play. So we're not going to have that WGC. And then they're bringing Mexico back into the to the fold. But the that Mexico championship is not a WGC. So the only two WGCs are the match play and the HSBC at the beginning of the year. That event is going to be in October, at the end of October, in China which is really interesting. So um, down to two WGCs. I don't know if there are plans to remove them completely. I mean, I guess they can't get rid of the match play. That'll probably stay around, but one interesting dynamic there. Also, we don't know the course yet for Mexico. Um, You know, I would hope it would be Chapultepec, but maybe they'll go somewhere else. We also don't know the course for the Scottish Open yet. I believe those are the only two uh, events that we are waiting on a a course for. A couple of other notes. We are getting a Vegas swing again, which obviously, because I live here, um, that's awesome. So last year, what they did is they went to the Shriners at TPC Summerlin, and then they went to the CJ Cup at Shadow Creek. Well, Shadow Creek is out, and they're going to the Summit Club, which is Colin Morikawa's home course. So if, as if he needed any any more help winning golf tournaments, uh, he's going to get two weeks at home in Las Vegas. Uh, I don't know if he will play Summerlin. I don't, I don't believe he did last year, but he would get uh, to play his home course for the CJ Cup as well. Hey guys, let's take a quick break for a second. As you can imagine, uh, I do a lot of research on these tournaments. I think you are very well aware of that. A lot of it makes it into these videos, but there are a lot of little nuggets that don't end up going anywhere. So what I do is I throw them into a newsletter. It is called the Run Good Rundown, and I email it out every week. Sometimes I remember to tweet it out. Sometimes I don't. So what you're going to want to do to make sure that you get that on Wednesday mornings is to sign up for the Run Good Rundown. You can go to rickrungood.com slash newsletter to subscribe. It's really just an opportunity for me to sprinkle in a bunch of little data nuggets with visuals and things that might be interesting and might not. It's worth your time. It's always fun, and I hope you enjoy it. Couple of interesting sponsor notes. Um, the Mayakoba event is is a new sponsor, Worldwide Technology Championship. That's still at Mayakoba, still at El Chameleon. New new naming, right? Um, the formerly known as the Safeway Open is now the Fortinet 
championship, not the Fortnite championship, still being held in Napa, still being held at Silverado. That has a new sponsor. Um, the Shriners went from the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open to just the Shriners Children's Open. A little bit of a naming structure change there. The Ryder Cup is going to come after the Fortinet Championship, so it's going to be after the first week of the year, and then there will be the Sanderson Farms Championship. I think those are the only... Oh, the other the other big sponsorship change, um, and this is actually... Oh, no, that's right. Sorry, I thought I thought that was incorrect. It's the Memorial. The Memorial is now going to be the Memorial Tournament presented by Workday. I believe that is now a 10-year sponsorship, so you'll be seeing that for quite some time. And then uh, we're going to Wilmington, Delaware for the BMW Championship. Wilmington Country Club, the South Course, will play host to that event. So this is really interesting. I think it is the PGA Tours um, th- striving to not only fend off any world tour uh, threats, but also kind of create a little bit of their own world tour. And I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. I think we're going to see a lot of events week in and week out. I think that um, the WGC thing is really interesting. Will they continue to um, limit WGC events? Because that really, you know, there was a time and there was an argument that once you got into the top like 60 in the world ranking, it was really hard to drop out because you had these events, the CJ Cup, the Zozo Championship, you had the, uh, the the four WGCs that if you played like okay in those six events, you would keep enough official world golf ranking points because they were free points. There were no cut events. So uh, we're, we're seeing two of those being, being cut out. Uh, also noteworthy that... Uh, we're getting that uh, the the Asian swing again, the Zozo Championship back in Japan. It was held at Sherwood last year. They're going back to Japan uh, for for this for this upcoming season. So it's it's a really cool looking schedule. It is jam packed. Um, there's a pretty good defined swings here. I really like the way this looks. Looking forward to seeing the way that they are the, what course they'll pick for for Mexico uh, and the Scottish Open. But this is this is going to be fun. It's going to be a great year. We have St. Andrews in the mix for the 150th Open Championship. So uh, really no complaints from me. Happy to have the schedule out. Let me know what you're excited about. I'm going to try to get to as many of these. I mean, obviously, we'll see with travel restrictions, but... I imagine I'll be at both Las Vegas events. I imagine there's going to be some events in California. I'll be making a trip to if I can get to, to Torrey Pines, for example. And then I kind of want to mix in. Like I'd love to get to Phoenix for for the for um, for the Phoenix Open. Uh, there's an opportunity here, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. If if you're in one of these places, you're planning on going to these events, hit me up. Let me know. Um, maybe we can maybe we can connect. All right, I think that'll do it for the first half of this show. Now I will uh, bring in Joe Griner, Max Homa's caddy. We'll talk through all the responsibilities that he has there and uh, preview just a little bit of, of this week in Memphis. All right, let me welcome in Joe Griner. Joe is a PGA Tour caddy to the stars. Max Homa is the name there. And Joe is joining us uh, via Gillette. And, and Joe, I was looking at this. I had to do a double take. I had to do a triple take because I think you, like myself, don't get close to a razor uh, too often. However, uh, this is more towards the deodorant launching the 72 Club. That's really what's going on here. Yeah, when I first got approached by the deal, I was thinking, man, I'm not the person for you. <laughs> um, lucky to find out it was the deodorant that they were approaching me about, so it actually ended up working out all right. 
Yeah, so all good. The 72 Club is 72 hours of protection, which I imagine when you're coming down the stretch of a golf tournament, uh, being covered in the pits is very important. Yeah, when counting for max, I just want to be focused without any distractions. That includes <laughs> fresh and staying cool throughout 18 holes. So Gillette deodorant really helps me do that and keeps me fresh and clean. I love it. I love it. Well, a couple of um, quick hitters off the top. Some news. The the new PGA Tour schedule came out today. Not sure if you've had a chance uh, to take a look at it yet, but how does this kind of, how does it go from here? Do you guys sit down and figure out what events are best for you? Do you plan it out? Do you just kind of roll with it and, and see as, as the year goes? Like, what's the next steps here? Yeah, um, I think that's exactly what we'll do. We'll wait for the uh, the season to end. So hopefully we make the tour championship and then we get to sit down on our week off and figure out the best tournaments. We, I already know um, the tournaments where we've had the most success and uh, Max tends to play better on harder golf courses. So we definitely like to choose the harder ones. Um, We like to play a bunch on the West coast because we're both from the West coast and we feel comfortable out there. Um, But making the tour championship is our biggest focus. And then when the season ends, we'll figure out the best tournaments for us. All right, fair enough there. Obviously, Max's victories coming at Riviera, Quail Hollow, two of the more difficult golf courses on the PGA Tour. And we just wrapped up the Olympic Games, Joe. And one of the storylines I've got to get your your thoughts on here is this, this, maybe it's just Twitter that cares about this or makes noise about it, but it's like, hey, caddies should get medals too, Joe. Your thoughts, please. You know, that's a great question. And because I'm staying with Xander's caddy this week, I absolutely think they should get a medal. Um, you, you know, I'm not sure if we, we need a medal. I think the recognition is good, you know, getting the flag or anything like that. Um, I'd be interested to talk to more caddies and ask if they think they deserve a medal. I mean, the golfers are the ones hitting the shots. And, you know, with the five-footer to win an Olympic medal, I mean – no caddy could ever hit the putt that Xander hit to win a golf tournament. So they definitely deserve the medal and all the credit, but it would be nice for the caddies to maybe get some type of other gesture other than the 18th hole flag. Um, But yeah, I'd I'd actually probably like to pull some caddies and feel how they feel about that. Uh, that, I've got a million questions off of that answer, but maybe you could have made that five footer, Joe. From what I understand, you are a very good golfer in your own right. uh, Is that right? Yeah, I, I, (laughs) Still love playing golf, um, play golf on my off weeks. I think it's really good for this job to play golf and kind of have the feel for it and, you know, maybe play a tournament once a year or something just to be kind of humbled by it and knowing, you know, because it's so easy. We get so stuck in telling a player to hit it here or do this or do that. But then when you actually have to go and do it, it's kind of a lot more humbling, gives you really good perspective on how hard it is of a job to do. And the other thing that that popped into my head, you mentioned you're staying with Xander's caddy. And to me, this this is what when I think of caddies, I think of this kind of brotherhood. It, it seems as if both on and off the course, you guys have each other's back. We see it all the time, whether it's just pace of play related or whether it's just helpful. If you're if your guy's making a mess, somebody else might grab a, a rake and, and rake your bunker for you, or they'll be cleaning your guy's ball if you're stuck doing something else. There's kind of a brotherhood out there and it's it extends off the golf course as well. It is certainly common um, for caddies to stay together on the road. Yeah, it's, it's definitely common and you nailed it on the head. It is such a brotherhood out here. I mean, we all cheer for each other when, you know, someone plays well, if someone sends a text, you know, we're all trying to make a living. And luckily with the amount of money these guys are playing for, 
there's a lot of caddies that are making a good living. So there's no reason to be competitive or not cheer for your friends. And you kind of have your group of guys, four or five guys that you like to stay with that kind of have the same schedule as you like the same type of food, like staying in the same places as you. So it's definitely a brotherhood. And then you got your three or four buddies that, you know, you're real close to. Now, how far Joe does that brotherhood extend is there a share of intel when you guys are walking the course or are there some trade secrets that are still being uh, closely you know, guarded i always wonder that because <laughs> you know i have three or four guys i walk golf courses with like hey you know on a monday if i'm here and they're there like i'd like to walk with you because i trust you i think you mm. see the golf course how i see it so it is interesting when you kind of walk a golf course with someone you don't know that well, or maybe, you know, they're a little more quiet when they're walking the golf course, trying to withhold information. But I think for the most part, everyone kind of tries to look for the same things anyway. So there's not really hidden secrets out there um, for any caddies to really do. One thing that is bothersome is there's sprinkler heads out there. And most of the time they say 140, and that means 120 to the front. Well, there's a couple caddies that like to write, instead of pr putting 120 to the front edge, they put like C on it. So then you got to figure it out. Like it's a treasure map. And it's like, come on guys. Like we're all, we're all like, we're going to figure out that it's 120. So why not just write 120? That's the one thing. But I think that's kind of goes with like guys who walk the golf courses a lot and use it as their hard work. And they feel like they don't need to share that information, but mm. At the end of the day, when the tournament starts, no matter what, we're all going to figure out that head's 120, so why not just write it from the start? Got it. I got it. That's okay. A, that's one snippet of maybe hiding information. <laughs> all right. Fair fair enough. Now, uh, you, you kind of mentioned it. You might be walking the course on a Monday. So so really, what is what is the expectation for you? Is it to get there early? Is it whenever? If Max wants to hit balls uh, on the range until 11 o'clock at night, are you that like, how, what's your expectation on tournament week for for kind of your your day to day duties? I think it definitely depends on the golf course we're going to. Uh, if I feel confident, I know the golf course fairly well. Like if I've been there five or six times throughout the years. Um, but if it's a new golf course, I'd like to get there uh, the day before him. So when he shows up to the parking lot, I'm like, all right, putting greens there, range is there, first hole's there, and kind of show him, you know, where to hit it going around. But a place that we've been to a bunch of times, you know, I might show up on a Monday afternoon and go walk nine holes and then meet him on a Tuesday morning. It just all depends on your player, what he expects from you. Uh, Max, trust me um, yeah. a lot, a lot more than other players trust their caddies. So, um, you know, he knows that I'm always going to do the thing that's going to help him play his best. Now, do you ever play off that trust a little bit? Because sometimes we hear caddies or stories of, uh, you know, it might be 99 yards to carry that water, but I'm going to tell them it's 103 or something like that. I mean, there's there's a lot of trust there, Joe. Do you take yeah. advantage of it? <laughs> there is no doubt. The only time where I don't, I wouldn't even say I fudged the number, but if we hit it very far offline and he's in the trees and he either has a not so good lie or he's got a window, I get the number and you know, I use my angle as best that I can. And he just is over there focused on how am I going to get out of this spot? So I'll give him the number when we're out of position. That's the only time where the number might be, you know, not if, if there's water short and it's around 130, I'll probably say it's 135, stuff like that, where those are just the little nuances of catting and knowing your player. 
knowing your player and it's not all about the numbers joe right i mean it, it's it's you're so much of a, a mental coach out there as well and so often we hear the last thing a caddy say to a player is that's perfect i love it or something like that right which uh, in the back of my head they can't all be perfect you can't love there, them all but it is it, it is critical to say right <laughs> there is no doubt just giving him you know because when you're over a golf ball um there's so many thoughts going in your head because, you know, it's just you got so many so much stuff going on, you know, and you're over a golf ball for maybe 20 seconds. There's a lot of stuff that could creep in your head. So if one person from the outside can just give you some positive feedback, whether it's I love it or that's perfect or anything, it kind of locks your brain in to be like, all right, he loves it. I love it. Go hit it. You know, just that those are the little, just really important positive affirmations that I think most golfers like to have. It's, it's the numbers, it's the mental side. There's a lot going on, but what, what don't people realize, right? Like what's, is there something that is more difficult than us watching on TV would expect? Is there a duty out there that no one ever talks about? What, what else goes into being on the bag for a, a professional level golfer? You know, it just depends because I feel like some golfers ask for a lot and some golfers want you to carry the bag, kind of keep them loose and keep them going, really, keeping them in good spirits. Luckily, Max is a little both. He he likes to have a good time, but he also likes a lot of help from me. So sometimes, you know, you get in situations where you hit in a bunker and you got to rake the bunker, but you also read every single putt. So you got to rake the bunker fast, go up there, read the putt. Then you have to, like, look for tomorrow's whole location and look for where the best place is to leave it for tomorrow's whole location. And just mm. like little, little stuff like that, that you never, if you watch golf enough, you will notice, you'll see a lot of caddies walking on the greens and they'll be pacing numbers because they're looking at tomorrow's whole location. And they're pacing over a Ridge or over a bunker. I was going to ask you that. Is it true that they are marked a day in advance where you can, you, so when you're on the green Thursday, or is there a mark for Friday's pin position? That's exactly right. So, and the players rarely ever really look at where it's going to be, but the caddies are always pacing off a ridge or a bunker or just to see where the best place to leave it is. So, and, and, and what is it? A little dot of spray paint or something? Yeah. And, it, and sometimes they make it so small and the green huge, and you got caddies walking in circles and just throwing up their hands. I can't find her, whatever. And Kenny's just like literally just walking all over the green and getting in the players' ways. But, you know, sometimes I don't understand why they don't make it just a little bit bigger. Like, or with the red paint, like, why not, guys? Stop trying to fool us. Just show us where it is. Yeah, I've seen the red paint at my home course, and I'm like, oh, okay, that stands out like a sore thumb. No, no problem, yeah. no problem there. A uh, couple more before I get you out of here. I assume the worst part of being a caddy is rain. I imagine trying to keep everything dry makes the bag even heavier. You're constantly, I always feel bad. You're shuffling the umbrella back and forth, then you're not under the umbrella. I mean, there's a, it, it, it's rain, right? Is that the worst part? <laughs> there is no doubt this this umbrella weighs probably i don't know three or four pounds and it is like a talking point every week like hey do we need the umbrella it's three pounds and but it you know it it does make the bag heavier so there's so many caddies that like we'll take it out if it's not gonna rain we'll leave it and some caddies learn their lesson and leave it in always but it's like one of the talking points is like do we need the umbrella funny story is we're in detroit um a month ago and we're playing the first round and the weather's fine. It looks fine. And 
Max never asked me about the umbrella. Like he doesn't like to use the umbrella because he just like, he hates holding it. He just doesn't like every time we, it rains, I have the umbrella, I'm holding it over him. And like, he just doesn't really like to use it. So we're on like the, our 17th hole. And all of a sudden I'm like, man, it's getting dark. And we didn't have the umbrella. I told Max, I said, we're good. We're good till one thirty or something. And it was like 1230. All of a sudden, we're standing on the eighth green, our 17th hole in Detroit, and it just downpours. And he doesn't even, he doesn't have a rain jacket or anything. <laughs> and luckily, they stopped play for about three and a half hours. And Max literally went into the locker room and he took he was just rinsing his shirt out, just wringing it. And it just made me think, like, man, I just should never take that umbrella out because he was just drenched. He wasn't even mad. There was actually some guy took a really cool picture of him just absolutely soaked and the rain just coming all over him. And he actually liked the picture. So it ended up working out and he played great that week. But yeah, the umbrella is always a talking point. Mathematician, mental coach, meteorologist, you're playing. I mean, just can't, can't get it right. The weatherman's got it easy. Uh, last thing before I get you out of here, uh, Memphis this week, TPC Southwind. Uh, I'll just ask you, how do you like your chances? I love this golf course. I love it for Max. It's usually one of those eight to 12 under is a really good score. Uh, the grades are fast. Fairways are a little soft, but it's Tuesday and we're not getting any rain. So it's going to get firm Bermuda rough, which is always really hard when you got firm and fast greens. So I'm thinking, you know, eight or 12 under, I would take that right now. Um, it's going to be a really good test of golf. It's a great field. We're pretty excited. I love it. Joe is joining us uh, via Gillette. You can go to nextgengolf.org slash city hyphen tour to, to join Joe as part of the 72 club and for a chance to win prizes and VIP experiences throughout the summer. Joe, thank you for the time. Good luck this week. Go get them. Thank you. Appreciate it.